Good. Oh, man, I forget what I did as an intro for the last one. Uh, hello, welcome to this week's episode of Juicing the Big Screen, uh, your movies podcast brought to you by Juicing the Numbers. I am uh, one half of the podcast, Joshua Tracy. And I'm Corwin Heller. Uh, and welcome to this week's episode. Uh, we are going to be talking about two vastly different movies, as we usually do. We're going to be talking about 1990s House Party and 2017's Shot Caller. Corbin, you ready to get started? I am ready, sir. All right. Uh, do you want to start? Where do you, where, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with House Party? Do you want to start with Shot Caller? Oh, I just don't care. Okay, let's start with House Party. Let's start on a high note. Sounds good. Ooh, All right. Giving it, giving it away, your opinions on these films already. I meant like House Party is a lighthearted movie, man. All right, touche, touche. Uh, all right, House Party from 1990, written and directed by Reginald Hudlin, starring Christopher Reed, Robin Harris, and Christopher Martin. Uh, it has no major awards or nominations. It had an estimated budget of $2.5 million, and it made a cumulative worldwide gross of $26.385 million, which I would call a roaring success. Um, do we have a tagline? Uh, yes. If they get caught, it's all over. If they don't, it's just the beginning. Um, I like that. I, I don't fully don't, get it. I like it. Yeah, I don't get it in the in the frame of reference to the movie. Um, and you don't need to. <laughs> uh, this is about uh, for the IMDb description is kid decides to go to his friend Play's house uh, party, but neither of them can predict what's in store for them on what could be the wildest night of their lives. Uh, Corin, what'd you think of house party? Man, I actually watched this on two separate occasions not all the way through i tried watching it one night early on in the week right after we finished the last uh podcast episode just couldn't get into it just wasn't feeling it stopped ended up watching it again last night like six days after um and definitely enjoyed it the style of it a lot more um by all means this is not a beautifully well-made or well-acted movie i actually think the acting is pretty terrible uh, all things considered like the actors are not great actors um you know i really enjoy uh chris reed just being what you would expect from you know an 18 17 year old kid uh but at, at the same time also i just want to point out are they really trying to like play off all these actors as like high school kids? Cause they could play 40 year old men at the same time. And I would totally believe it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, this is that point. Like we didn't really start getting more high school age looking kids playing high school parts until it feels like anyway, until like 2010, like it feels like everything before the 2010s was like, clearly 25 to, to 35 year old people who like kind of had young faces pretending to p be like 17. Um, so this was still very much so that era. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I get that. Um, but I will say, you know, it's a, it's an enjoyable party atmosphere movie. Like it's, yeah, I could watch this. It would be a good time, whatever, but it's nothing special in my mind. Well, Good, I, enjoyable, guilty pleasure movie. Well, I love this. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I had I had a fucking blast with it. Um, seeing Martin Lawrence that young was super fun. Uh, I I loved the music. I loved the actual you know oh. house party scenes. Um, and, and one of the things I, I think I'm we're probably going to loop back to at various points. Um, I love the fact that this wasn't just the house party. That there a lot, a lot of this movie takes place not at the actual party that is the central theme of the or central plot point of the movie, and that is so to its benefit because it's like, like there was you know a couple of like there's the one big choreographed dance scene, and that reasonably in a different making of this film could have been the whole movie, 
and it wasn't. And it's so good that it wasn't because if there was like six of those scenes by, by the third of them, you'd be like, Oh, I, uh, all right, we can do it again. Um, like at some point it goes from being a fun comedy to being a step up movie <laughs> and no one wants to watch that. Um, or at least no one should. <laughs> uh, so the so fact that like, basically that you're glad that this movie had more than one scene. I'm no, I'm glad that this movie took place in other places. Like I'm glad that this movie. Oh, I, I, I see what you're saying. So yeah, because the thing is, like with these types of comedies, it very much so could have just been that. Like, have you ever seen Bachelor Party with uh, Tom Hanks? Uh, no. First off, you should watch that movie because it's it's f- hilarious to see Tom Hanks being an R-rated movie <laughs> um, that deserved every moment of its rating of its R rating. Uh, sure. Okay. But like that movie takes place. 95% in the hotel room of the bachelor party. And it's like a fine enough movie. You know, it's a, it's a raunchy comedy from the nineties and it plays, but like, you know, it's, it, they don't leave <laughs> the, the, the hotel room. Like the whole movie is there and like, it's fine. But like, this actually does other things. There's other points that are brought up. There's even some, some really good racial dialogue in the film with, with, in regards to to the cops. Like it, it goes in a lot of really interesting places that by all means, it did not have to. I mean, the the fact that it did was awesome. The entire plot of this movie is based around the fact that these two local cops are just going out and racial profiling every single black person in the community that they see walking around the streets, not breaking any laws. And the, you know the climactic scene of the movie is about them arresting underage children without accusing them of any crimes, without breaking any laws because of race. And I feel like that. I mean, granted, 1990 it wasn't expected, but I f- wish that was touched upon more. Uh, and again, that's what I'm saying. It didn't. It didn't even have to bring up those like. The 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 scene at the adult backyard soiree, I guess we could call it to, to give it a fancier uh, title. You know when when what's the kid's name? Is it or is his just name just given as kid? It's just kid. It is just kid. It is Christopher Kid Harris. Um, like when when him and and the the three hooligans <laughs> who are chasing him to give it a more whimsical name. You mean um, the three forty five year old men? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, the the three the the two bodybuilders and their towel boy um chase him through the through the through the party like like it, it it's it's a party being held also by by black people within the community and they know like what's going to happen to these kids if they like ask to press charges and put them in the police's hands. And so they opt to not press charges even though they had their party interrupted. Um, there was a, a I don't want to say violence, but there was like a, a, a physical altercation of sorts where one of the um, the party goers got uh, a little bit roughed up as a result of of kid trying to flee the scene because of the three dudes who were chasing him. Um, and they put all that to the side because they know that the cops aren't there for the benefit of the community. They're there to just fuck shit up in a black community in a black neighborhood and opted to to drop charges so that the kids could could leave so that the, like the four of them could could go and not have to be turned over to the police where they would probably have a wildly different night than what they had um and that's a really heavy point to bring up in a house party comedy movie that i so love that it's there it didn't sit too long um obviously they could always you can with those types of discussion points you can always go deeper um so mm-hmm. There's, you can always say that about again, like literally any movie that ever talks about this type of stuff. But I, I really like the fact that they kept it moving without stopping too much on it and getting overly dramatic about it because it preserved the idea that this is a comedy film while also showing audiences that this is a reality. It's like how we talked about with, in a very, very different vein, it's like how when we talked about with The Great Dictator, comedies can bring difficultly to capture political messages to audiences that might not otherwise consume them. This did that in a really great way um, in terms of one, the message it was trying to get across and two, the amount of time and energy they spent on it while still giving it the um, attention 
and weight that it deserved. I think it was just so well done. Yeah, I thought it was uh, a lot of good things about this movie. It was just one of those things where overall it didn't exactly do it for me. Which Are you a fan of um of like the uh um um what's that fucking god damn it the hangover? Uh I was when it came out. It's definitely lost its appeal to me over the years, the way it did at least when it came out. So I'm wondering if you're just not like a wacky comedy guy then. I don't know. I just feel like it it was not it just never had that X factor for me. I don't know if it was because of it it being a wacky comedy or not. Um but I don't know. Like I, I there's nothing I really disliked about this. It's just, you know, not it for me. Now that makes it so tough because I love so many parts about about this. Um well I, I have one moment written down here that made me absolutely cringe um the scene where uh i forget the name of the character but i think it's it's not play is it pop no it's not pop i'm looking at the cast list i forget who it was maybe it was play was stuffing martin lawrence's um records and his subwoofer mm-hmm. into the car oh my god that was hard to watch <laughs> yeah uh josh oh, i've heard about that exact scene right here that is a recreation of how you helped me move out of my apartment after I graduated. Just like no, no, it is not, dude. You dragged my mattress like through the dirt and <laughs> carrying it out. <laughs> I absolutely did not. I had stains on the mattress when you carried it out with me. Listen, this is not me trying to have like a gotcha moment. I'm just like, ah, that's funny that we're both having to watch this. We have different recollections, but your point is taken. <laughs> that that scene made me cringe. Oh um, uh, yeah, it was just like, why? Why are you doing this? Yeah, honestly, Martin Lawrence's character in general in this is kind of a perplexing <laughs> person because he really didn't need to be in this. No, uh, not really. I mean, like that whole character, not Martin Lawrence in particular. Like all he did was be annoying and then strike out with girls. Uh, well, to be fair, you know, that's Martin Lawrence. I, I don't know. That was such a, a wild, out-of-left-field statement that has no basis in reality. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's doing just fine. <laughs> For real. Um, although, it's one of the, it's like, see, that's one of the things. Like, there's, like... So much of this of this movie just didn't need to be in the movie. And, like, I'm just glad it was, though. Like, I'm just so happy it was there. Like, the outlandish haircuts that the, that the, the, the bad guys had, mm-hmm. where it was, it was a jerry curl in the front. It was, a, it was um, a, a mullet in the back, but it also had a cut in in the middle with a fade. Like, that is the, I've never seen a haircut more complicated than that. I just kind of assumed that's the way people looked in the late 80s, early 90s. I can't even accept, I I don't, maybe, maybe I just haven't watched enough like late 80s, early 90s movies to fully um, witness more people with that. But like, that is, I mean, Corwin, I cannot fathom how much time, money, and energy would go into making that haircut. That is a lot of haircuts. You're not wrong. Like, yeah. oh man, that that guy's pillows are a nightmare. <laughs> his his like handmade shirt was oh yeah, um, man. I will say the acting of his dad is awful. <laughs> um, I think all around is pretty awful. But the, the, I think the difference is like with with the high energy stuff, you you can let go a lot of bad acting by way of. Um, enthusiasm. You know, if someone's saying their lines not super great, but they have a lot of energy about them, you'll you'll let that go. Uh, yeah. But the dad's he he's such like a monotone dude in general. Even though what he's saying is pretty goofy, his the delivery just isn't there. Um, but I still it's tough because like I loved him being there, and I really thought what he was doing was hilarious. 
but it was also just like such aggressively bad acting that at some points I couldn't tell if I was laughing at what he was saying or how hilariously bad he is at acting. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It's one of those things where I feel like I've said one of those things like six times today, but it's one of those things where I never really looked at the individual performances themselves to try and like decipher, oh, this one actually wasn't too bad. This one much worse. It was just kind of like the overall acting in this movie was not good. All right. All right. Point taken. Point taken. Um, Oh, this is actually Robin Harris's last movie, the the dad. This was he he yeah. I didn't realize that. Oh well. Um, I I really don't have too much like constructive to too many more constructive things to say. Like the big thing for me is that this this was a fun movie. It was a really fun movie. Oh, the you know the 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 house party scene itself was great. Um, and it had like a lot of really good messaging in it that I just so appreciated. Like we talked about with the the racial injustice stuff or social injustice stuff with with the police, the the safe sex message um, with with the condom was also um, really cool to see, especially at a point in time where we're like we're just kind of getting kind of getting out of the AIDS crisis at this point, and like not having sex with with, with without a condom was like that was a that was a big thing, you know, like that sex without a with or without a condom was that's why all his friends were ragging on him for not just doing it and he was like i'm trying to be safe and it's like you can obviously look at it with the whole pregnancy scope as we i think you and i are watching it with today but like the aids crisis was huge back then and again something that disproportionately affected black and brown communities because there was less education around it so like that was also like a really didn't need to be there scene super glad it was because uh those types of things are important Yeah, I'll say, I don't know if this is me just turning into an old man, but there were so many points during this movie where I was just like, God damn, dude, just listen to your dad. Like, he's right. Like, like, this is a Thursday and you're staying out this late drinking? Like, are you insane? God damn. Just go home. Told your dad (laughs) you'd be home and you sneak out. You don't even try and fabricate a lie about, like, why you're leaving nothing. Just sneak out. Doing all this bad shit, man. Get your shit together. Your dad raised you right, though. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, he was a good dad. I'll say that for sure. Pop was a was a good dad. He was a gooby doo. He was a good dad. Um, yeah, I don't really have too much else written down here. I was just kind of enjoying enjoying the ride, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like at the end of the day, like I said earlier, like this is a guilty pleasure. Just sit down and enjoy a movie. Like this is nothing, you know, technically or narratively spectacular. It's just, like you said, it's a fun movie. Um, the only actual note that I have left is during like the, the fight scene in the cafeteria to start this off. Oh, it was amazing. Did you notice that there is a framed picture of Ronald Reagan? Yes, I did. Is that a thing? A framed picture of Ronald Reagan? Like, I've never been in a, a high school or anywhere where they've had, like, framed pictures of the president. Um, so that's the, that's the other thing, though. He wasn't even president at the time. Yeah. This came out in 1990, and Reagan's presidency ended in 88. Um, yeah. Or 89, if you want to be more correct about it. So I was wondering if that was either, A, um, if the high school was Ronald Reagan High School? Um, I don't remember if they brought up a name for the high school or not. Uh, or B meant to be a negative, like I uh, in, in some type of way because they splatter food on him, right? There's ends doesn't like food splatter on Ronald Reagan. Yes. Um, I wonder if that was them throwing shit at Ronald Reagan because of his direct responsibility for the crack pandemic um, that overtook the black community in the eighties. Um, for that, because. Fuck Ronald Reagan. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a pretty a pretty <laughs> easy position for most of us to take. One would hope. Um, I think the audience for this movie and the audience of people who voted for Ronald Reagan as a Venn diagram <laughs> isn't a very large middle circle. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'd stand by that. Um, are you ready to watch the other three House Party movies now? No. That's right. There's House Party 2 from 91, 
House Party 3 from 94, and House Party 4 from 2001. Uh, yeah. I mean, when I was, you know, like, just looking into this on IMDb, when I was watching the movie, like, I saw how many remakes there were, and immediately was like, oh, the, those will never be viewed by me. Ever. <laughs> I just like how the IMDb rating precipitously goes down. It's a 6.4 for the first one, 5.3 for the second one, 4.7 for the third one, 2.6 for the fourth one. And it's not oh, good. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, well. Um, all right, give me a final rating and review then and we can just jump on over to our to, to shot caller uh i mean it's an enjoyable movie you're getting exactly what you expect out of it it's a it's a fun teenage comedy with nothing special to it it's a three that's actually higher than i thought you were going to give it all th- uh, to to be honest um, i mean it's not a bad movie like i feel like I get it. two and a half and below is like not movies i would recommend this is still i'd still be like hey this is a fun movie to hang out and watch it's got some good messages to it it's it's nothing bad to it it's just not anything special i get it uh, i totally get it i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a notch above you i'm gonna give it three and a half um i i think it, it's very fun and light-hearted and silly and dumb and smart um and and poignant all wrapped up in the same movie it's not something that i think is going to like define a genre it's not something i think is going to be shown in film class but <laughs> fuck man it's a really it's a really fun it's an easy 90 or 100 minutes it is a very easy watch for what it does for how goofy it is and for how serious it can be and i just greatly appreciate how you balance those subjects without it coming across as over the top in any one direction. Um, so I was a, I'm a fan. Three and a half is where I'm going to settle in on it. Uh, all right. Shall we bounce on over to Shot Caller? Yeah, let's do it. All right. 2017 Shot Caller, uh, written and directed by Rick Roman Waugh, starring Nikolai Coster-Waldo, um, Omari Hardwick, and Lake Bell. <laughs> uh it had an estimated budget of oh is it not here uh no it's not here i don't know how much the budget was but it's cumulative worldwide gross is listed here at 3.4 million uh don't know how they came up with that and don't know anything about it uh i also don't see a tagline so there's very little information i can give on this movie so far <laughs> um yeah it has no major awards or nominations it is it, its description is a newly released prisoner is forced by the leaders of his gang to orchestrate a major crime with a brutal rival gang on the streets of Southern California. Corwin, what did you think of Shock Caller? Um, yeah, no, it's okay. I'll go first both times. It's fine. You want me to go first? Nah, it's okay. Um, I can go yeah, first. You want me to go first? Very similar vein. This is just kind of a a sit down, enjoy it, and don't really expect anything of it type of movie. Um, as far as action films go, you know, it's, it's got it. It's, you know, nothing nearly as bad as, you know, I kind of was expecting after watching the first couple minutes. Uh, I actually really like, uh, Nikolai, how, how do you actually pronounce his way? I know it's cost. Is it Nikolaj? Nikolaj? I would say Nikolai because I think he's from Denmark and most, uh, Eastern Northern European countries have that J to Y sound. Fair enough. So Nikolai Coster-Waldo, I actually liked his character. I liked his acting. I think he did a a pretty good job considering the movie that this is. Um, That being said, it is just not a logical movie in the grand scheme of things, uh, which I'm sure we can jump into later on. But uh, it is very much enjoyable, at least in my mind. So it's got that going for it. But again, in the same vein... Don't ex- excuse me. Don't expect too much else from it. All right, I'm going to be way meaner. This is a bad movie. I did not like this. This was poorly made <laughs> in like almost every way. I hated this. Um, none of it made sense. It, there was no like five continuous minutes of this movie that made any fucking sense. Um, I think. What'd you say? I was just like, yeah, just dying while I said it. 
it's tough because I think the acting in this is really good. Like uh, yeah. for for the most part, I think the guy who played Beast did a terrible job. Um, but well, I thought every end like the big final. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was, he was bad. Uh, but everyone else, I think, really did a nice job with this. Like everyone really came across as being their character, and I thought that was that was that was good. John Bernthal's uh, a really reliable character actor, and Nikolai. Uh, Costa Waldo, I think, I think is 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 a good actor in of his own right, and uh, everything else, everything else about this is stupid. Um, everything, everything else about this is ridiculous. The idea that maybe some of this could happen, you go okay, but the idea that all of this happened is like what it would take. It's like saying, hey, you know, someone could bet a thousand for a hundred sixty-two game season. Like, yeah, okay. Technically speaking, yes, it is possible that someone goes up there, somehow gets a hit every single at bat, and then it just does it. Is it like, it, is it allowed to happen by the laws of physics? Sure. Is it likely to happen in even a marginal sense? Fucking no, man. Fucking no. And in fact, there's just such faulty, stupid logic in this film that I had to keep rewinding it with subtitles on to figure out what the fuck was happening. Because that's actually the other thing. The sound mixing in this film is atrocious. Um, I could not make out anything. And the second I had my volume turned up high enough to understand the dialogue, we got way too loud gunshots and explosions that we had to like keep cranking the volume down on. So we ended up just leaving it low with the subtitles on to try to figure out what the fuck they were saying to each other. I yeah, actually didn't notice that because I put the subtitles on so quickly and just relied on reading them almost the entire time that I just stopped even attempting to try and just listen to the dialogue. Yeah, it it it, it was undoable. Um, uh, we just we just we just couldn't with with that fucking. It it, it it's weird. It feels like a very like early two thousand ten sound mixing, like very Michael Bay. You know, with like the n- relatively normal sounding dialogue, and then all of a sudden it's explosion city, and you can't hear yourself think. Um, and yet, this movie is more rec- recent enough that you wouldn't think that'd be a problem. But here we are. Um, so I, I guess let's get into it. So let's start. Oh, let's start with the flashback, the way too long flashback. The fact that this movie had huge segments of it that were in flashbacks at weird points was off-putting in of its own right. Uh, but so Nick Nicholas cost money. We're just going to call him money because um, I don't yep. I, I don't feel like saying that whole name. He got put in jail because he he had a, he got a DUI uh, manslaughter charge from driving drunk with his wife and their couple friend in the car. And then they got into a car accident when he ran a red light and one of his friends died. Um, and that was ridiculous. Go on. Ev- everything about it. Every- First of all, I had to, again, rewind to where he was listed as beat, where they talked about him having drank before they left. Because, I-, I mean, they had like a little, I- it looked like, and then he said he blew a point one. Like you gotta be pretty fucking drunk to point to blow a point one. Like uh, that's really it, high. It's not terribly high. It's high. Don't get me wrong, but it it really a it, point it's one. More, really it's more than he seemed to be drunk, but it's close enough to the legal limit where, yeah, I could easily see him thinking he'd be fine to drive, even if it didn't seem like it when he was acting it out. I, I think of all of the logical issues with this movie, which there are many, they are a plenty, that the whole premise of him going to jail in the first place is the least of them. I, I actually think it's pretty fucking ridiculous. So you're going to tell me, you're going to tell me that everybody in the car is fine and like lightly scratched up from the looks of it, and yet Max Greenfield or whatever the fuck his, that that actor's name is, is like bloodied beyond belief for like no reason, oh, and he's the right. one guy who died. Oh and right, then, they were then, all bloodied, and he was the one closest to the car that hit them. I could easily see him just starring the window next to him with his head, and just. It's blunt force trauma at, you know, massive amounts of force. 
Yeah, I could absolutely see that. But, that. but that's the other thing. Massive amounts of force. They're clearly in a city. How fast was the other guy going? You don't. The legal limit in most cities is like 25. Oh, like, yeah, because everybody goes the legal limit. No, but what I'm saying is like you don't just like like it's they, they made it seem like it was on a highway. Like, I mean, I it, it, it it's all just ridiculous. And then the whole like with the lawyer thing, like we could get you 16 months if you just settle. And his wife was like, you should go take it to court because you didn't do anything wrong. And they don't bring up the fact that like chances are if, with the manslaughter charge, like it, it probably means that the wife of the guy wanted to press charges. That's not brought up. And the, the fact that like your wife is recommending you go to serve seven, potentially seven years to taking 16 months, that also is wild. And like he would have a good enough attorney to talk her out of it because he's a stockbroker. Like you would think that like he's making a good enough money that like he would afford a better attorney that's going to talk his wife down off a cliff and convince him don't take the possibility of seven years. Like, I'm sorry, the whole setup for how he got to jail is ridiculous. Josh, I don't like the wife doesn't really have any say in it. Yeah, of course she thinks he's going to beat the charge. Yeah, you, she does very, have a say in it because they took it to trial. Right, but she doesn't have any effect in that. She's the one that told him to. To what? To take it to trial. It didn't. It they he took the plea. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. He a hundred percent took the plea. He was only in for sixteen months. And then, like, they show him in court, they show him taking it. What happened after and why he stayed was what happened when he killed the guy in the prison yard. That's why he went to prison longer. Wait, no, no, no. I I, no, I, I remember the, the second one, the second thing. I could have sworn that he went to court and got the seven years. No, 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 no. That was just the hearing oh my the judge God, going movie. over the plea that he took. He did not go, like, there was no criminal trial. Oh, you know, I'm looking at the plot. You're right. Jesus Christ. See, that's I why know. I was going off, like, the other logic. Yeah, like, obviously, no shit he's taking the plea. Like, going to trial with this, with the possibility of getting seven years versus fucking little over a year, yeah, you take that. Your life goes back to normal. For the most part, that's nothing. The okay, I wow, I missed that entirely. Yeah, Jesus, does that change the opinion of the movie? Oh God, no! But that also makes me more upset because uh, why even bring it up then? Bring what up? Why even have the wife advocating to go to 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 trial in general? I'm sure that was just. So, so many swaths of this film like, are oh my God, like, no, you could do it. Like, I believe in you, babe. I still love you. You can do this. We're in this together, whatever. Even though it's like, no, like, I'm I, no, like, that's dumb. All but right. So yeah. Then let's talk about the wild depiction of prison that they chose to go with, um, yeah. which was the most stereotypically terrible depiction of prison they possibly could have imagined for 2017 um starting off with the uh with money getting into a fight with just a random big black guy that confronted him in the prison yard and everyone was like yeah like you know he totally egged you on and he was just like what the fuck are you doing white boy and it's like it, it, it's like that old stereotype of like you know first thing you gotta do when you get to prison is like take down the biggest, baddest dude you can find. When in reality, it's like, no. Like, no, you don't. Like, most prisoners are just there trying to serve their sentence and get the fuck out of there. Like, like they depicted it as a man-on-man rape fest, first of all. Um, and, 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 and they gave absolutely no agency to any black person in the movie, which was also wild. And then it just immediately devolved. Like, he joined a gang immediately. Like, day one. Mm-hmm. Like minute one in the yard, the first thing he does is like, "Hey guys, can I be in your gang, please?" Yeah, right. Like, oh my god! Like, it's heroin up my ass for you. That's how we're gonna survive this year. Yeah, that's your. It's sixteen months, and also, dude, you're a stockbroker. Like, I'm willing to bet. Like, there's probably courses in prison that you could have like helped out with you know like there's pre-existing ones that you didn't even have to start like i'm sure there's financial literacy for prisoners that would have loved to have a non-white collar convict uh 
you know, so clean out someone's, you know, Ponzi scheming it up over there. Show them like how to manage their finances. Like he could have spent very meaningful 16 months in prison. And the whole fucking idea of this is where it drove me crazy of him killing another prisoner because he was going after the head of a different rival gang that he had never met before. Just like, yeah, dude, I got your back. I'll keep you from dying by killing this other guy right in front of the camera. Okay, guess what? I just got another 10 years. Why would you do that? Dude, the decision-making of money it, all over this film is fucking bananas. Fucking nuts how they start like off the movie where it's like, okay, like he's a smart dude, very intelligent. They show the first scene, like them playing basketball, like, oh, no, like this is our plan. This is how we're going to do it. That'll get us this big sale. And it's like, oh, you're, you're the smart one. That's why we follow you. You're the shot caller. And it's just like the rest of your decisions throughout the movie are just like, mind-boggling what's the fucking point of any of this like the whole, i know his whole thing is like i need to get back to my family to take care of my family and then everything he does is like no i want to stay in prison and be somebody and it's just like what what do you want like you're clearly clearly not trying to get out of prison as fast as you can no and you're right because the whole thing like they he, he keeps Acting like I don't want to be like it, it, the movie sets him up as being a very reluctant participant in a lot of this stuff. You know, like he didn't want to shove heroin up his ass, but like, what's his other choice if he wants to have protection with this gang? When like, no, your choice is don't shove heroin up your ass, don't join a gang, and if you don't join a gang, you won't get involved in gang shit. Like, go to the library and read books. Like, you don't have to do this. Um, because you're right. That then leads to a whole series of actions that take directly away from his whole I want to be with my family thing, including the scene in which his family tries to visit him and he goes, nah, fuck you guys. Get out of here. Um, I don't, I can't, I can't see you. I'm too emotional. And it's like, bitch, what? Get... Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Even at the end, or like, not even at the end, but like he gets out of prison, has the ability to make up for his wrongs. You know, yeah, okay, he was gone for 10 years or whatever more than he was supposed to be gone for. Okay, now you have a chance to build it up. Oh, the guy threatened this fucking gang leader in a prison, the baddest motherfucker around. Oh, threatened your family, so you're going to go back to prison for the rest of your life to get vengeance? Instead of just being like, no, I'm out of prison. I'm not doing any more jobs for you. I'm done. I'm leaving. Leave me alone? Like, seriously? Especially because the cop, um, I don't remember the cop's name. Do you remember the cop's name? Clutchly, Clot, Cutcher. Cutcher. It was Cutcher. Cutcher offers him a plea deal at the end where he's like, if you give us information, like we'll make everything go away. I'm willing to bet that if you went to Cutch earlier in the movie and said, hey, the big boss in prison wants to kill my family. Can I give you information in exchange to be put in a witness protection program with my family so that I can stop doing gang shit and also get protection from the gangs? That Kutch probably would have been like, yeah, absolutely. It's ins- it, it was just infuriating how, like, throughout like, the first chunk of the movie, it's like, all right, there clearly is more to this for why he's doing it. What's going to be the cause? Like, what is what is the goal of all this? And then that last, like, 40 minutes, I guess it was, last half an hour where it all came together and you were like, this? This was the plan the entire time? Are you fucking kidding me? This and, is fucking and, idiotic. Oh, my God. It's so fucking stupid. Like, you're telling me he really planned to go back to jail just to kill the... I know we're going to the ending, whatever. But just to kill the boss and that he managed to shove that lip balm tube up his ass and not get it found for days? Because that's what it would have been, right? Like I could believe that. If they're really not searching him. Like, they showed the guards in there. Like, there are some of them that were clearly assisting. All right. I guess you're right. I I, guess you're right. (sighs) It's just... It's just, I, he made a conscious decision to use his, I guess we could call them smarts, 
to ascend to a higher form of authority within the white power gang instead of using those same smarts to scheme away of him getting out of the situation and getting to be with his family like he's saying he wanted to. And that seems to directly contradict the entire... Like, Lake Bell didn't need to be in the movie. His son didn't need to be in the movie. And really, Kutch, the main police officer, didn't need to be in the movie because all of the moves that they made ultimately didn't matter because seemingly money had a plan from the beginning that didn't get swayed by anything else that happened aside from John Bernthal's character uh pos- you know stabbing him trying to stab him in the back outside of that this all seemed to go down basically as as it would have otherwise and regardless it's fucking dumb how it and- went and that brings me to to all right, I, I, all right. So the whole cop, the the whole bust scene. So, so he goes over to John Bernthal's apartment, their house, to to kill him because he found out that that shotgun is the character. Shotgun is a rat, right? So he's been reporting all their actions to the to the police, mm-hmm. and he, he kills him as you would expect, and then plants a cell phone in his hand. Oh, because he wanted to get caught. That's right. Huh? It was Shotgun's own cell phone. He just put it back in his hand. Right. So, because his whole plan was to get caught so that he could go back to prison and, and, and that whole thing. But I kept sitting there thinking, like, why wouldn't you just not show up and let everyone else get busted and then just out Shotgun as the rat? Like, you didn't have to go. Like, right. if, if you just could have proved that Shotgun was the rat, which he wouldn't have gotten arrested because he's the rat, so he probably would have gotten off scot-free, which would make it really easy for you to point to him as being the rat, then, like, yeah, you could just be like, I didn't want to get set up, and I didn't have a good way of communicating it to anybody because the timing was wrong. As the big boss guy said when they got to the end in, in the cells, because he was right, there wasn't enough time. Like, how would you have known? Like, and then he would have been done. Yeah. And <laughs> I just I just don't get why he did anything. Right. And it's like you could have easily worked it so that you could get the money, do the deal, and be done with it. It's over. You easily could have figured out a way to not do the deal, stay clean, and go back to your family. Either one of those, you go back to your family and it's over with. But he set it up. And it seemed like he made like a impromptu decision to like change it up. So it's like, no, now I'm going back to prison and I'm going to get myself busted so I could get my vengeance on this guy who is living the entirety of his life in prison because he threatened my family. Why? Yeah, because Why? it's it's like, he, all right, so 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 he's out. And the big boss guy wants him to sell guns. That That's the, the big exchange that happens. Or I'm going to kill your family. And he was like, well, I don't want you to kill my family, so I guess I'm going to have to risk breaking my parole, getting charged with another felony, and going back to prison in order to keep my family safe. And then he chooses that the best course of action is to intentionally have the worst possible thing happen, which is the police come to bust him, so that he can go back to prison on purpose to kill this guy when instead if he was so okay with accepting that as being a possibility that could have been the backup plan and with the with with plan A being yeah sell the guns make some money keep the bad guy from fucking with you anymore and then move on with your life like obviously it doesn't need to be you know if you do one you got to keep doing more Sure, but like at some point, I'm sure you can like get away. I mean, I don't. There's so many more options for what you could have done, and you just kept picking the worst ones. I just it it was infuriating. I I had so much hope for like how this was going to turn out. Like we were going to get like a payoff. He had this like intricate plan because he's so smart, knows what he's doing. But it just ended up being like, what the fuck is this? 
Oh, it was, it was, it was, it was fucking hot garbage. That's what it was. It was, it was hot garbage. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's my final thought was this movie is infuriating to watch. And cause the thing is, it, it I, I don't know about you, but all of the movie felt like set up. Yeah. It, it really didn't really feel like there was like a good standout, like scene. There was one big fun. I guess we could say fun. One big highly choreographed action scene which was the all-out melee in the yard for no apparent fucking reason um which was just stab central like you do in prison josh come on you just fucking kill each other like if that was a regular occurrence in prison we would have a vastly different prison system and i don't care how little you value prisoners lives um like if that was the case and there was that much mass meleeing murder in prison <laughs> prison would be done very differently like yeah. you would hear about it in the news every day and it, the simple solution would just be like stagger when all these people go out so that they don't fucking kill each other every second like every single day they're in the yard together right and again this isn't even like a value prisoners lives thing which also should is a, a big deal and should you know be a point of reformation for the future but like it just logistically and from a point of uh liability the prisons don't want that so like like prisoners dying under prisoners under a prison's watch i would assume opens them up to a lot of liability to get sued by the families because you have people that are under your care no matter what the reason is for them being under your care like i can't imagine that any prison would just be like cool with how many people died in that scene like five yeah like a lot <laughs> like a lot of people died that was fucked up <laughs> oh man yeah this was this was not a good movie <laughs> um all right do you have anything anything else to say uh yeah like the whole end of the movie is supposed to end on like this bright note because his son writes him a letter like forgiving him for whatever it was that he was upset about. And it's just like, why, why are you forgiving him? He's done absolutely nothing to earn that. And all of this shit was avoidable. Your dad is literally in a, in a skinhead white power gang. You should not forgive him. You should distance yourself as much from him as possible. Uh, I give this a two. I just, it's bad. I, it's enjoyable if you don't give a shit or pay attention to the story, but it's hard to do that. And it's just bad. So I want to, I want to bring one more of the notes that I had. Um, It is that we are seven minutes in and I already know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, And that was the scene at which we met the, the black cop who um, it was right when he got shot, Kutch, right when he got shot, um, trying to bust open the door. Huh? You're like, Kutch. And I was like, yep, Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, basically. And I had thought at that point that we were going to go down the road of, here's a guy in a white power gang. Here's a black cop that's trying to, to you know bust some of that gang activity and is also somehow overseeing parts of his parole, um, which was very confusing because mm. um, that's also just not how parole works. Uh, and I thought there was going to be some type of like, you know, the black guy is going to, going to help him see the light and get him out of the white power gang type of thing. And then it was just like, no, <laughs> no, ultimately he's going to be useless. <laughs> ultimately he's, he's, he's just, he's just an actor that's in the scenes that <laughs> provides nothing. And the thing is like, as predictable as that movie that I just described to you would have been it still would have been 1000 times better than this. Um, I, yeah, I give this a, I give this a fucking one. I can't recommend you give this the time of day. It's free on Netflix. So if you're looking to not pay for a thing, there you go. But guess what? A lot of other things are also on Netflix. If you have Netflix and this shouldn't be what you watch. Um, it's, it's long. It, it's only two hours long, but it feels really long. Like he went back to prison and I thought that was the end of the movie. And then there was another half an hour. Hmm. I was like, what? I, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, 
it's a long movie. It's not a good movie. And those are usually my two biggest gripes with movies. So, so uh, don't, don't watch it. And uh, that's that on that. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. You ready to pick uh, next week's movies? Yes, sir. What do you got? All right. Um, all right. Cal and I made a point of picking before we recorded again. And we're going with another movie that's on HBO Max. Uh, it's going to be a rewatch for me and a first time watch for her. Uh, we're going to go with Mystic River. Ooh, God damn it, Josh. What? That was my pick. Was it really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, get fucked. Oh, you cock. I am a cock. All right. Time to go back to the list, see what we got. All right. There's another one on here that I was thinking of. Um, I've been reading a lot of World War II like history lately because... I'm really bored at work. Um, so I'm going to go with Patton. Oh, I haven't watched Patton forever. Okay. I'm very happy with both these movies because I wanted to watch both of them this week. Yeah, yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. Let's see, is Patton streaming anywhere? Don't uh, I don't see it anywhere. Oh, well. All right, so we have we have uh, Corwin's pick of 1970, uh, 1970 release. Patton about uh, George S. Patton and uh, the oh actually what year did Mystic River come out? That was the nineties, I think. Two thousand three. Two thousand three is Mystic River. Uh, all right, and so those are going to be our picks for next Tuesday. So tune in on Tuesday of next week to hear us talk about them. If you want to watch them beforehand, cool. If you don't, I don't care. You do what you want. It's your life, not mine, man. You got to live your own life, man. Um, all right. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at, uh, I was about to say Juicing Pod. <laughs> this is not Juicing the Numbers. This is Juicing the Big Screen, but it's brought to you by Juicing the Numbers. So check out Juicing the Numbers. Oh, it's our, it's our sports podcast. Um, so if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at Big Screen Juice on Twitter. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at Juicing the Big Screen at gmail.com. And, uh, and we're out. You guys on the flippy flip. flip.